Google Trent, the gent They like agents On top of pavements Peppermint patty fragrance Taking the credits when they spits and spritz A chip and dip, a dip and dell I pin the tail Death throw the penalty ID Throwing your identity Theft crime in the night Pick pop, keep the lock Stop, drop, roll the dice Double, 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 eat the rock road Rochambeau, tic-tac-toe Crossing a roll with the nice flow With my industry, you see me room room play Monopoly with my commodities Stop the eyes and cross the T's how do you do venters my chief purpose of this podcast is to have meaningful conversations with significant individuals whom i have connected with along the way as my daughter says in the intro we will dot all the i's and cross all the t's to prove that questions are the answers while finding out what these significant people ultimately vent about my guest is UC Irvine computer science student Olalua Andisanya, who also has a tech startup company, AirNotes, that will make music to your ears. His commitment to wearable technology and his belief of how it will change the way that we conduct research fuels his vision. By the end of our conversation, you will be inspired to simply learn, whether by exploration or curiosity or teaching yourself via the internet. Let's get into this. Hello, Venters. So this is the fifth edition or episode of Vent with Trent the Gent, and I am in um, Irvine, close to the campus of UC Irvine at a location called The Cove, and I'm with a young, budding, technological entrepreneur, and his name is Ola, um, full name is Ola Lua Kandesaya. And so Ola, thank you for, for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> not, not a problem. So let's get into what does your, what does your name mean? Does it, does it have a, a meaning? And um, how did your parents come up with that name? So Ola means like the wealth of God. Um, it's, so my family's like religious and that's where uh, the name came from. But I don't know, I have like lots of names, but that just happens to be <laughs> the one that stuck. Like Africans usually have like close to six to ten names, but I think the main one is Olalua. What's one of the other ones? So there's Olusanya, Adeolu, and then I can't even keep track of it. <laughs> and all of those have different meanings or all of them somewhat have to do with the wealth of God? Um, they have different meanings, but I am only familiar with Olalua and the meaning of that. So exactly, when I looked it up, it actually said wealth of God or from God. So, so that's interesting. That's uh, my research is, is accurate. It also said your name gives you the desire for success in financial accumulation and the confidence and drive to go after your ambitions, regardless of obstacles. Um, then it went on to say your thinking revolves around business and ways to make money rather than music art, drama, and philosophy. So what are your thoughts on that description of what they say your name means? And is it accurate? And is music paramount to money in your eyes? So, uh, I know I threw a lot at you right there. <laughs> I don't wanna say guilty as charged right away. <laughs> but music, um, there's actually a story. I have very little experience in music. And uh, I was trying to reach out to music and that's how I got into what I started working on. But um, 
I'll say I'm more of an innovative person. I'm not really chasing money, I'm just chasing like, I love to create things and if there's money with it, then <laughs> cool. Then it comes with it. Yeah. Good. All right, so I don't want to give away what you're working on yet. All right. uh, we're going to get to that, but obviously you alluded to, to music there, so, so we'll get to that. Um, before we go into all that, tell me a little bit more about your parents and what they did and obviously you're from Nigeria, not obvious, obvious to me, but not to the listeners. Um, so you're from Lagos, Nigeria. So tell me about your parents and um, you know, the expectations that they had of, of, of you growing up in Nigeria. Okay, so my dad and mom, they're like the coolest people on earth. Um, my dad is an engineer. Uh, my mom is a physiotherapist. So my, my dad, he's like, I would say like a big mentor in my life, uh, him and my brother. So he has this huge engineering background. He's done a lot. Um, he's had a pretty interesting like experience and he has like stories each time. And he keeps like telling us like stories of his past and like the things he had to like struggle with and how like fortunate we are. Can you share <laughs> one of those struggles that he might have had? Um, let's see. So growing up, uh, I remember my dad like wasn't like he didn't wasn't financially like stable so I remember him telling us stories of how his brother had to like um, use all he had to send him to school and I remember his mom uh, would go sell things in the street just to like put him through school so he didn't come from like having everything I think he really really um, worked a lot to get to like uh, where he is today and just like seeing his story and like going back home and seeing like his journey and knowing that oh it's true and like yeah it makes me like humble it makes me like kind of like listen to him and just like learn and learn from him so him i'll say like he's like one of the biggest role models in my life him and my brother like my brother is another <laughs> interesting role model but they both like influence my life a lot my mom she's Oh my god, if you, I, I'm not, I'm not the smartest kids, like, if you call my mom right now, we still make jokes of how, like, I struggled in school, so my mom was, like, always there, like, to, like, um, put me through, so I could, let me quickly share, like, a high school, like, or story with you, so okay. I wasn't, like, I am not the smartest kid, actually, I used to be, like, one of, like, the least in class, I used to be, like, really, really bad, and that's been, like, from, like, primary school so in Nigeria we have like the primary school then the secondary school and before you go to like college but all along from like primary and the secondary school I used to like do really bad and my mom almost took the class with me because like in making I'm done with school we get back home and she's like bring your notes <laughs> and we go exactly over what the teacher went and it was like a struggle for a long time but like she was always there she was like my teacher like for everything from math to physics even things she didn't know like she had to like go learn them just to like try and teach me so we had our like <laughs> our moments of like her like really like getting upset just trying to like uh, push me through but i think eventually i i was able to stand on my two feet <laughs> wow yeah so your mom actually shadowed you in school oh yeah she like we have we laugh about it like today she's like remember that one time i said spell this and you were like super lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was like it was a really like um interesting experience for like me to like actually like learn like it was i think out of like the three kids like i was 
the one who like caused a lot of trouble. So, with all that said, and in your words, you said that you weren't the smartest kid. Is there, and obviously your mom was very instrumental in getting you to where you are. Is there a way to learn how to learn? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Because obviously if from where you started to where you are now, how did you get the capacity to, to learn and to finally understand um, all these concepts? Obviously you do coding, we'll talk about that. You're a computer science major in what, what year here at UCI? So third year. So your third year computer science major. So that's not just some, something that anyone can do. So, so how did you get to where you are? So I'll say, uh, in my experience, learning is an attitude. It's, you, I don't think there's a smart person or like a dumb person. I think there is a way you learn that has to do with maturity. So for me, I think one thing I could say for sure is that all along in like high school and primary school, I was just doing it because that was what like I had to do. I think eventually I personally like woke up to the fact that I was more aware of what I wanted and then my attitude towards learning like changed. It just it makes a huge impact when you you have that drive for it and you make decisions like to get your goal. Not like okay I'm just reading and I don't know what like I'm trying to study is gonna like what's gonna play out but when you have if it, once you're more mature, it changes everything. It makes you like appreciate like what you're learning more and you start looking for ways to apply what you've learned. And that's when you really get excited because now you take a class and you're able to apply the simple thing that you learned in class and do something like really cool with it. So I think that's where I woke up. So maturity does play a huge role and attitude in learning in my experience. So would you say the capacity to learn was it dormant within you because maybe it was the way that the subjects were being presented or was it some other distractions or was it friends maybe at school that maybe they didn't want to learn at the clip that you wanted to and so you tried to follow them or because as i said to, to me it seems a rarity that someone who just felt like they weren't smart ends up being where you are, as I said, as a computer science major at UCI. Okay, so for, for let's see, let me even go way back. So my parents made a big mistake um, while trying to like put me through school. So I started like a year late, which like kind of affected me in a way. And when it was actually time to go to school, they felt like the year I, the class I missed wasn't like so important. So I got put into the next class. Now what that did was it threw me off because I was always trying to play catch up. Like, so for the longest time, it's going like back to really like understand a lot of things be just to like do as good, like just be an average student. But uh, eventually I think uh, it wasn't, I wasn't distracted by friends or anything. I. I just felt like I was, since I was trying to play catch up, that just like slowed me down a lot. And that was like a huge mistake that I battled with until I think I became more mature enough to be able to deal with it and put a stop literally. I remember there was a time where I literally took a year out to go back and like strengthen the foundation of 
my learning before like moving forward. So I observed that, okay, it's, um, there's something missing. I'm always mm -hmm. like- What age was that? So this happened like when I was probably like nine, 10 years, but then in high school, like it's something that like, it has like a ripple effect. So you, you get, and then is since you're in the private school system, it's not really about like how well you do. You just move to the next class each year. I think that's the way it was designed. But personally, like you just knew you were in like, you were in class and you just felt like, okay, you didn't understand what was going on. So for me is, it was like, okay, I had to personally like, I remember my mom, there was this particular time where she felt like, okay, no, like we're gonna, and it was like literally a week then. <laughs> Cause like, remember I said she used to like go through everything with me and we decided to like take a break. So we, I repeated this class and I think from there I, I saw a major change because now retaking that class made me like become level. So I wasn't trying to play catch up at that point. And after that it became like easier. So now the next class it's like, okay, I'm learning material that I'm learning, not trying to like go back. And from there I could see, so in a way like also moving in advance also helped a lot, but I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was distracted by friends or or anything in particular. I was also in a boarding school in Nigeria, which is a another story. It's, um, you're literally isolated from the real world and there is no phone, no laptop, no nothing. All you have is like your books. You could make like chess and you, you could take a piece of paper and wrap like, <laughs> make a football out of it, but there was nothing like, super major to distract you. I think that was a good like thing for me because there were other factors that were there to distract me. I guess it'd be a different story. Wow. All right, so you're hitting on a lot of things and I don't even know if we have enough time. <laughs> but in America, at least, I know the majority of the parents, their strategy is to actually hold their kids back a year because they feel like now they're older and they're going to have the advantage in that class. So it's interesting that you didn't feel like you had that advantage being one of the oldest ones now in your particular class, but you still felt like you were behind. So obviously the way Americans are trying to do it, I mean, w what were you doing for that year when you were held back? I mean, also oh, I just retook the class. Okay. So I, I wasn't like at home, like doing like, I mean, I was doing lessons with my mom. She was like my <laughs> lesson teacher pretty much. But um, I just retook that class that I already took. Mm -hmm. And it's the way it works, it's, it's a year. So for this year, you're in this particular class and the next year you're in another class. So for that year, instead of like just moving ahead with like the kids that mm -hmm. I was in class with, yes. I just stayed back in that same class and retook it with the current kids. Yeah. So th that way, um, I was able to catch up. Catch up, good, yeah. So like I said, it's a, a little, little different mindset for what the Americans are doing because they mm -hmm. felt like just because even if you're in sports, now you're a year older than those kids in your class, which means you're gonna have an advantage because you're older, you're bigger, you're stronger. And the same thing I think they do as far as ec um, academics, they feel like, well, you have a year on them, so you're gonna have a little bit more of a competitive edge just by your, your sheer age. So mm -hmm. it's, interesting of that. Um, you also mentioned the word drive um, a few minutes ago and I have this client who's also from Nigeria and so doing the research um, leading up to our, our show I texted him and told him to tell me something about Lagos and um, he said 
The city taught me resiliency, creativity, and drive, the word that you mentioned. It used to be five million people at the point when he was there, and now it's 11 plus million. So he says anything is for sale there, including human organs. So I don't know what that means, um, but what memories do you have or does that bring back to you uh, of Lagos? And what's your most vivid um, memory of, of Lagos? So like Lagos is a... Uh, and I'm saying it wrong, it's Lagos? Yeah. So yeah, it's Lagos, okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, that's okay. It's an interesting city. I think it's, it's a crazy city. Like people, when I first came to US and I, I think I was in the car with a friend, and they're like, oh, this traffic is like so long. And I was like, wait, this is traffic? Like in Lagos, you could be in like on a spot for at least 30 minutes. That's how bad it is. So it's like, if you're just going like, let's say it's a 20 minutes drive, it could take you like an hour to three hours. So that's like, <laughs> each wow. time someone tells me Lagos, that's the first thing my head goes to is like, okay, Lagos traffic. And yeah, it's a lot of, I think the, the area, it's, it's a small state, but the population is like, so large it's like very interesting it's really crowded but it's a fun city um my experience in it i was all my life i was like sheltered so i didn't get to experience like i don't i wouldn't say i didn't experience the crazy part but i was in a boarding school so i was like away from that for at least six years and after those six years um i transferred and i came to the u.s so i i got to see it when i was on holidays and uh just around home but then um yeah i didn't experience i think my parents uh, did a good job like preventing all the craziness from mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's a fun city there are lots of like things like in interesting things in lagos it's actually now it's a lot like better it's really nice um but yeah i remember like traffic is just that one thing that <laughs> really so yeah. those words, resiliency, creativity, obviously you mentioned a little of that creativity you had to have when you were in the boarding schools, making balls out of paper and things. So in, in the drive, what, is, what, a, what about the city manifests all, all of that? So I think when you're put in a box, you, you have to find an interesting way to make things. I think for me personally, I mentioned like, I don't think I was like, I wasn't the smartest kid in class, but one thing that I had for sure was like, a I had a creative mind. So the way I saw things were very, very different from like any individual. Like some people might just see uh, a calculator and I could see something like completely different, like a different way to like use it that would like do something else. So Lagos is like, I'll, I'll say it's like a box and everybody's like trying to like, survive and it just makes you like you'll be so impressed with like the things that people like do like there's just so many creative people out there and yeah i think i got like some of my creativity from it i remember like in high school we used to like just make i used to like make different things from like old calculators that were broken and <laughs> just like use them to build something like, like what that. what would you make out of, out of a calculator it's it, it sounds like you have a obsession for calculators <laughs> so, so first of all like there used to be like just different parts inside i remember like so in boarding school you didn't have like so I, I was always like since my dad was like an engineer i was exposed to like electronics and how to like make stuff but when you're in like in a boarding school there's no like radio shark there where you could just go buy a resistor or like a bulb or so 
the calculator was just nice. It was just like this nice quick calculator. But when it got broken and people like disposed of it, I would go pick it up and like just rip off like the parts that were inside and use it to go build something else. And it's like, oh wow, <laughs> like what's that? I remember there was this one time, um, actually I can't believe I'm gonna say this. My friends here, they're probably like me, like, oh wow. I remember there was this one time, like we weren't allowed to have like anything in school. So no radios, no phones, no like nothing. Like you had to just have your, it was just your books. And I remember we had like, I built this like radio from like scrap and like an old radio I found. And I redesigned it in such a way that you couldn't even tell it was a radio. It wasn't like in a case, like just a simple like pencil case that you wouldn't even suspect that <laughs> that was a radio. And I just remember like, uh, and that was like some of like the interesting things about um, high school. I remember one of the days we had like a teacher come in and they could hear a sound and they, like since it was not loud they were trying to find where it was but it was like right there <laughs> that is so funny it's yeah like, so those are like some of the things like we didn't have access to everything so you had to like look like what you could see or what you had you had to look at it differently to use it to get what you want and mm -hmm. i think that like shaped me in a way and really changed my thinking so it's like i had a, even if i had a problem it's like okay how can I solve that problem with, what, with the tools I have? Yeah. So yeah, I think Nigeria did that. Legos and wow. Um, don't know if I should say with Legos or so. So so let's talk about the, the differences, and I'll go back to Legos. The differences between studying in Legos and studying now in America, because as you said, there were no distractions as far as and as far as me and my wife are concerned. The, the phones can be a distraction. Obviously, you listen to your, your music on your phone, so there's your radio these days. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you see um, students all day, every day, with those phones in their hand, right. listening to music as they walk. Explain the juxtaposition about where you came from in Lagos, how it was no, no distractions, and to how maybe it might be hurting the, the way that we learn in America with all these phones and, and distractions so I think huh, let's see that's a tough one yeah all your American friends are gonna be mad at you <laughs> <laughs> it's okay yeah I think lots of there are lots of distractions so phones technology great if I had them back home like especially in boarding school and I was like preventing from having other students would I be really good? I could say yes or no. So not having like a laptop, like especially for like a CS major, a lot of people start like way earlier, like when they're super young and they become like so good over time. So not having that exposure, not being able to like code or like learn about computers, I would say that wasn't like great. But then what prevent like not having access to those, what it did was it helped us like focus on like what we need to learn at the moment. So we needed to like get our like math done, the calculus, like all the basic things that didn't require like all of that knowledge. So I'll say it did like, that That was a good way to learn. At first you want someone to like understand how to survive without like, you just had to like know how to do things without feeling the need for technology. And once you could do that, once you like were stable enough, I think you had your two feet and then you got exposed to this. Now you know exactly what you could do with it. You're like, oh, I didn't have that before. 
now I have it and I could do this. So you, you, you know the value, you're not dependent on it. And when you want to use it, it's that you're using it to achieve a certain goal and it just goes like straight to that. So I, I think, yeah, there are lots of, um, I think what the youth, they're exposed to today, it's really distracting. You, yeah. I, I think there's just so much information out there. And what's really funny, what really like gets me, because I remember having this like conversation with like some of my friends is that education is, it's everywhere. You could open your laptop today and learn how to everything about computer science, like YouTube, like just, there's just so much free resources out there. But then that there's also like so many crazy videos out there, things that just distract. So Cats doing crazy things. Yeah. All these views, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's like, it, it's really about like knowing what to go for. Like once you like have the same tool, I think it's sad that a lot of people are exposed to like things that might not really add value and they consume that like on a like, daily basis when they could also be exposed to things that could like change like their life and like forever and it's hard it's harder to like just get exposed to that which is like sad but if you if you've lived a life where you didn't need that and then you want to like so it's like okay you want to become like a programmer you know that okay now you're going to search for those tools like or things to learn it's a different approach i think yeah there's a different process there just mentally <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I, I see the biggest difference is you know most american kids are consumers of whatever that technology is as opposed to being the creator which you are and once again we're, we're going to keep everybody's suspense and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later um back to legos and this is probably gonna put you on the spot too. So Lagos, I hear, is famous throughout Africa for its music scene. And that's maybe that craziness that you talked about that you really didn't get to experience. So we'll see if you can pull this off. But famous for the music scene. Lagos has given birth to Nigerian hip hop and also Afrobeat. So can and will you rap some Nigerian hip hop if you can do that? <laughs> or, or demonstrate what the Afrobeat, Afrobeat. or to demonstrate what Afrobeat is? Oh God! Are you are you able to do that? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'm so much of an artist. But let's see. Let me look for one like, um, if I could remember a Nigerian like song. Okay, there's 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 this like Nigerian artist called like David Doe, and like I remember like he has this song called like Emi Um Um Baba. Ah, what's it? And that just means like, oh, you can't hold me down. Like, um, I'm the son of like this rich man. Like, it's just funny. It was just this Nigerian artist. And I think that was a like popular song. So let me see if I could go for it. I think that's the best. That's about it. That's as good as it's going to get. It seems more like singing. So is that the, that's the hip hop or is that the Afrobeat? So you did. It, I'll, I'll say it's the Afrobeat. Like mm -hmm. there is, I think the newer like artists are they're really diving back into like the culture. I think even for like music in Nigeria, a lot of in the past it was influenced by like American artists. It's like everybody's trying to like be like 
be Americans and like just follow like what they were doing, which um, wasn't really like, I mean, it was cool for a certain time, but I think eventually like now the, the current generation, um, a lot of the artists are going back to the culture itself. And it's like so interesting now because it's the reverse. Now you have like foreign artists trying to come back to Nigeria to like sing with all this like new like local artists mm. and you're doing like really well so it's very interesting I'll say for like I love Afrobeats like I listen to it I'm not like a big singer but mm -hmm. it's yeah I remember like I had this friend I was like just playing pool with and then he starts singing some Nigerian song and I'm like where how the heck do you know that and he's Indian wow <laughs> yeah I was like he's like yeah I'm like I, I love Afrobeats. Like he started telling me songs I didn't even know, and I was like, "Okay, wow! I think I have a new Nigerian buddy here." <laughs> but yeah, no, Afrobeats is big, and yeah. All right, well, we need to bring that more over here so we can get <laughs> hip to that. Let's talk about coding, and I think you alluded to the fact that you might have started a little bit late um, with coding and, and CS, computer science. So. When and how did you begin coding? So I'll say started when um, I got to the U.S. Uh, so I took this class in community mm -hmm. college. And U.S. was how, how long ago, just for the listeners? Uh, three years ago. Three years ago, okay. So very recent. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, at first, I've, I've always had that technical like background like of electronics and things like that. But personally, I took this one class in Java and I think that changed like, I always wanted to be an, like an engineer, electrical engineer. But after taking this class, I just, I knew like, I was gonna go towards CS. And that the was- Java, The Java class was where? I'm sorry to interrupt you. In my community college. And that was like okay. LA Trade Tech. It's a okay. community college in Los Angeles. And it just showed me a, something that was like gonna change my life forever. Now, thing about like engineering and like a lot of other majors is that you could be creative that's something i i had i knew i was creative regardless of like what environment or what i was doing I, if i was going to do something i was going to do it in a different way that not everybody was going to do or approach so i used to like build stuff but each time you wanted to build stuff you had it was like really complex you had to like buy so much like things and resources just to like get the end product um of what you were trying to build but then CS was, you could do so much on your bed. Like you didn't need to like go anywhere. You just like stayed there like and code all day and you could develop something that will affect like millions of people. So I think that changed my perspective and just the things you could do, like literally anything you could do or you wanted to like any problem you had, you could just sit down for a second and think of a a program you could write to actually help you solve that problem so it was like it just changed my thing and i was like okay you know what i am gonna like go for this so i took a class in java like in community college i took um another class in c also in community college but then i decided to like um just take my general education back at community college before coming to uci because i wanted to like i wanted a more community college is it's it's I'll say not as challenging as like the UCs here. Yeah. So I wanted that pressure in terms of my like my major classes. So I decided to take mo more of my major classes here at UCI. And it's been like awesome. It's been really challenging, I was gonna say, but I think uh, I'm a lot better like at coding. I could 
it's one thing to like have an idea and it's one thing to just like bring it to life from nothing just but yeah i do love computer science i think it's amazing it seems as if at least in your mind's eye that anyone can code from, from my perspective it seems like you kind of have to be wired that way so i i could be wrong or you could just be very just like oh yeah anybody can do this um so community college, colleges are obviously a, a great way to um, learn Java, C++, things, different languages of, of that nature. Are there any other financially unstressful ways of learning those, those languages? Everything is online. Everything's online. Every, actually, before. like in class, I think the thing class does for you is like it make it gives you a deadline that you have to like work towards so that was like i guess a good way but most times like you still went back to watch a video online or to like read about it online and there are like lots of good books out there but if you're looking for anything in terms of like programming today all you need is like an internet connection and you could like learn literally everything you need to learn so no one has an excuse yeah not, there not is no excuse like literally everything is online and i would say it goes i, I remember like just a few minutes ago i said education like it, it, it's i think it's been it, it's the access to education is like everything you literally want to learn like you don't need I, I guess school is important yes but if you're just looking for like understanding and how to do something like you could find that online so I hope that answers that. I oh, don't no, totally. Mm -hmm. um, really quickly before we go get into to Air Notes and Air Glove, why UCI? Why did you pick UCI, UCI and did you apply to, to other major universities? Yeah, I, I wanted to go to um, Berkeley and Stanford. Actually, Stanford was like one like, major school I wanted to get into, but then I didn't get accepted to both of them. And that was like, I think that really like, was that tough for you? Yeah, that was tough. I mean, I remember like me and my brother, like I was so excited because I remember like we in we had this like tour, like when I was in community college of different like schools we wanted to attend. And I got in touch with all the counselors personally and they looked at my profile and my grades and everything. And they were like, yeah, you have like a really strong application. Like, I think you're going to get in. Like, you should definitely apply. And there was no reason like for me to get like declined. I didn't. No, I just didn't know why. But I felt like having like their counselor tell me, okay, yeah, you have a really strong application. Just like, it was supposed this to like- Stanford or Berkeley or both? Uh, for Berkeley, this was for okay. Berkeley. Stanford, I was just like, okay, faith. Like, okay, you're just gonna write your application and see yes. what happens. But I remember for like Berkeley, like I got the letter back and my brother wasn't even there. We were super close and everybody knew how passionate I was about like getting to Berkeley. And he, he knew when the like, there is like, the um, decision was made and he called me and he's like hey you haven't called me back in like a day is everything okay and I'm like I didn't get it <laughs> so, I remember he just flew back that day and he was like oh like okay you're fine like they wouldn't think don't stress about it and yeah I think he was like just but I really wanted to go to Berkeley Irvine was my I'll say my third choice it was but I am so happy like I came to Irvine I think nature has its own way of like putting you in the right path regardless of like uh, what you think is the best but yeah i'm happy i came to uci i, I think I, I wouldn't have gotten 
a lot of things done that I would like I would ha have if I had gone to like another school. But I do love UCI. I think it's a great like nice quiet campus, no distractions <laughs> even in the US. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's so quiet like it's and everything you need is just right here like on campus. You never have to like leave like to go outside. So. Yeah, that's great. One recurring theme in probably at least three of the shows now of Vent with Trent the Gent has been uh, one day, one time I mentioned it, another guest, Chris Shabo, mentioned it, and the, the phrase is, man makes plan and God, God laughs. <laughs> and so obviously with your plans to go to Berkeley, uh, as you said, nature just took over and, and here you are at UCI and we're, um, hey, I, I think it's great that we that we have your, your, your brain here in, in Irvine. So speaking of your brain, tell us about your, can I call it an invention? invention air notes and air glove and how did you initially envision this um, your company and describe in layman terms <laughs> which you've been doing so well so far how how it works and um, yeah so tell us a little bit about the company and the product okay let me tell you how it even got like it started in the first place so I'll go way back okay. I'll go way, way back. back. <laughs> so uh, when I was really like young, I, I remember like I was taking a music class. My mom got me into like this music school, but then I wasn't doing well academically. So they cut me out of that and started like giving me like more academic lessons. So I abandoned music like very, very early and I was trying to learn how to play the saxophone then. So now I think over the few like past few years, I think I would say I got better. <laughs> I got smart, I guess. So now I felt like, okay, I need to return back to music. I remember like always wanting to be able to play the saxophone. So I got this like um, tutor and I, I started paying her to like teach me like how to play the saxophone and I bought the saxophone without even like knowing how to like use it yet. I mean, I had experience with it, but I wasn't like as good. So while taking like lessons, um, I remember she brought this score. So like the music, the sheet music, and she was trying to like, teach me what each note represented and like what how it related to my fingers and what I needed to press and it was just so hard for me to like learn that I was like this is like a whole new language <laughs> what is this like and for me like personally because like I have this like creative nature once I have a problem I my brain gets wired to look for a way to solve it, an easy way to solve it, because I am like, I don't just say I'm lazy, I'm the good kind of lazy, where I find like an easy, a convenient way to solve like a difficult problem. So uh, each time like she would, I remember like, she would point to my finger and like say, okay, this note, like move this fingers. So over time I felt like, you know, if someone could just um, tell me exactly what fingers I need to press each time, like it got to that music note, It'd be so easy. So what I did um, was um, actually I, I stopped because I transferred to UCI. My um, she was in LA, and I got better programming. So I made this glove, and what it does is it takes each musical note and it vibrates the corresponding finger that is associated with that note. So let's say the note is a B, and on the saxophone, it means like put like let's say four fingers down or five fingers down, then those five fingers vibrate. So you know, okay, you need to move those fingers and like push them down. If the note is any other like, um, like let's say a C, a D, 
it'll do the same thing. So it's like it, it, it creates this like a mapping, like associating each note with like a particular vibration. Now, while she was like teaching me, I remember she said something um, that really struck me. And it was like, I remember she, she was like, okay, if you can't do this, like, how do blind people learn? Like, how can they even play? Like, because I have like blind students and they're like doing better than you at this point. So I was like, and she, was just trying to, she was like motivating me. She was like actually really good at motivating me. But there's something I, I wouldn't say, I'm not blind, obviously, but I am dyslexic. So that I process like, text like so if i'm reading like a, a book it takes me like if i'm not focused like super super focused it takes me quite some time to like really understand like what it's saying or even like yeah pretty much decipher what it means exactly at that point in time i will say i'm slower than like the normal person so for reading like and i think that affected me in picking up like the music sheet is that okay i could see what's there but it's taking me longer to actually process what that means so i could i had this like relationship with a vine in the sense that i they can't see but i can see some i can definitely see but i can't understand exactly at that point in time what that is i need something like to make me to speed that up for me for me to be able to actually play so the glove like does that and what the glove just does like i said earlier it, it connects like each musical note with a, a vibration pattern so associated with your fingers now after like building the glove and trying it out and like i remember like there was this one night i i was like okay well, uh, this summer we're just gonna like make this work we're gonna like buy up lots of parts and like get back to the sodium iron and wires <laughs> and build this and like it, i also like wrote the code like and i just spent like lots of like nights just like coding and coding and i remember like people just be like what are you working on and i'm like yeah it's just nothing and eventually i was able to like make the claw like from like nothing and i tried it on and it worked like and I, it was super exciting and prior to this actually i was working on another like startup that was supposed to like help people like send money abroad but then i remember being caught up like more in like the business side of it and just trying to like write business papers and concept papers and i was like no that's not me i'm a technical guy i like to code i like to like invent things messy wires so i kind of like uh put that on hold and got back into this and i remember like when I was gonna tell like um, the incubator that was I was currently in that oh I'm gonna like put it was called exchange on hold I remember he was like okay wait how, how what are you doing like he knew like okay there was something else that got my attention and I was like you know I have this like project this glove I build that just takes like the music sheet and like converts it to like um, a vibration like pulse signals you feel in your hand and he's like oh that's something interesting and I'm like oh I have a me you want to see it and it was like yeah and so I like I but I was <laughs> in my bag and I just like gave it to him and he tried it on and he was like you should work in this like he was like forget you're like what you're working on man like the startup like just go work in this like develop this and that incubator had access to like so many like resources like 3d printers like lawyers so many there was just so much like help and it was like okay we're gonna like oh, just upload it's like not so easy to get in so it's like we're just gonna remove your profile and replace you like your new like idea and like put it there so it's like i had like an idea that became a company like, mm -hmm. just, like so they updated like the system like the new like uh what i had built and they were like okay go work on this and this time i didn't even have like any like business plan any like 
I had no documentation of this. All I had was the idea. So I kept like, I had to go back, keep working. I had to like do some documentations here and there. And then I started like talking about it. So I would code like when I get back home and just build the product. Then um, I'll go out to events. And instead of talking about my former startup, <laughs> I would just talk about what I was working on. And I remember there was this one event I, I spoke on and everybody like loved it. Like I got so much feedback, like, and everybody was just like so passionate about it. And I think I felt like, okay, you know what? This is what I really need. I just need to like give, take this all the way. And it's been like really great so far. I remember meeting like um, one of my programmers is gonna join us on the team at like this event and an investor, like, and it was funny because I had like a, a prototype that took like a few weeks to put together, but then, for somebody to say hey i'm gonna give you money <laughs> right now to go like let me join you i'm like i'm like wow i didn't even get that from my own startup that's pretty interesting but eventually i had to turn him down because <laughs> yeah i felt like uh there there are like things i could do on my own like for now and like later i didn't like he was asking for a lot of like uh equity so i was like okay, yes. no. but it was pretty exciting i think um just seeing people like as passionate about what you're doing as you are. And I think the biggest thing for me is I've always wanted to work on something that added value that like could change somebody's life. And just seeing that, okay, the blind, they play like there was Stevie Wonder, but then there are lots of like blind people out there who music is like their go-to like then in like life, because that's like one way they learn. And just knowing that you're going to be able to like help them like make it a lot easier because now instead of like trying to like work with a braille to like for each note that you can't like because you can't read you're just going to feel that on your hands and learn a new song in like 10 5 20 minutes so i think that changed like a lot of things for me and i so just so we can try to visualize this obviously there's no video here uh, <laughs> So you put the glove on, and so let's say we want to, you mentioned Stevie Wonder. So let's say we want to play a Stevie Wonder song. Uh, you are the sunshine of my life, whatever it is. So we have the, sh the, the sheet music. How, how, or do you program this into the glove and then it vibrates the finger and then you know exactly which finger to, to hit? Correct. Before, so, so you're, you're going to make me go into the technicality of it now. Yeah, just <laughs> quickly. Just I, I want them to get an idea of how it works. Okay, so we're I'm still working on the app, like lots of uh, background applications. But how it works is songs you could have. There's something called MIDI. So this MIDI file, and it's like the electronic signature for a song out there. Now, what any song? So you could select any song, and we're going to get the equivalent like MIDI file. And with that MIDI file, we could program the glove to understand what each it means. So it's like, okay, how long should I hold this key down? Um, and how intense is it? How like so? Those are like some of the like mm -hmm. the elements in like the uh, MIDI file. And for the like the so the editor, so there are different ways. First is like the easiest: select a song and just play, learn how to play it. And I think that's the best approach. But they're also professionals, people who are like, who write their own music. And I think that's like so important. So 
I have um, the score editor where you could literally build your own. Um, it's an app and you just build your own score, like the music sheet music and send it to the glove and the glove understands what exactly what the song you just built or you have people who freestyle like people who just like okay just sing and what how freestyling works with the glove is you play any musical instrument like so let's say you play a song but you just you're not looking at anything and in return what it does is it writes down the song for you so now for the average person i mean that that's that would be nice. It'd be a nice feature to have to know that okay, I could freestyle and have that recorded. Like that'd mm -hmm. be awesome because now you could save like your past work that you might not even yes. remember tomorrow. And they already know how to play. And they so. already know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> but for the blind, I think it changes everything because now they could freestyle. And since they can't like even like write, like I don't, I wouldn't say they can't write. It, it's harder to like document mm -hmm. like their song. They could have that recorded, and somebody else could play. So it's like such a great tool. Like to learn and to create music. And it's, I think it's gonna change how people learn because before like music is like hard to learn. Like personally, it's like, I see this like the score editor the first and I'm like, what is that? And now it's like, okay, you don't even need to look at that anymore. You just like wear the glove and you're good to go. And now you could like play a song. You could say, hey, what song do you like? And you're like, oh, I like the song. And I select that song, I wear the glove uploaded and I just like play that song you're like oh wow <laughs> wow so, so much stuff to, to, to take in is it only one glove or can you have two gloves because obviously you play a saxophone with two hands so yeah. so the, so you have you wear like two gloves for the saxophone and you're able to play depending on the instrument so the, the glove currently um, works with woodwind instruments but then we're so what we're doing is like I'm seeing if I was working on ear notes or ear glove as a project, it would just be the glove. But I'm thinking since we decided to like, I decided to make it a startup and a company, we're gonna we're making it broad. So ear notes, it's it's a technology company that's gonna develop wearable technologies that teach you how to learn how to play music. Ear glove is one of the products. Now for for ear glove, you need two gloves, but we're also gonna like make it like applicable to other instruments. So for example, in the future, we're gonna have ear stick and eardrum. And, <laughs> and what that does is like, let's say you're trying to like learn how to play the drum. Each drum set is gonna light up and your, your sticks is gonna like, your drumstick is gonna vibrate so you know, and also light up so you know exactly like what drum set to hit like because it's lighting up and that stick is vibrating. The glow also works with a keyboard although we're still like, I think, for the keyboard, it's actually like a lot easier. I think that's gonna be like the easiest like part mm -hmm. for us because we have a system that each key lights up and it vibrates the corresponding finger you're supposed to like hit that key with. Mm -hmm. So it's it's good for yeah. muscle memory. So it's, it's almost like what you see online when you're going through those tutorials, tutorials. how the, the, the note yeah. lights up. Mm -hmm. So it's just gonna make it like super easy to learn now instead, okay. And it's gonna, we're just gonna have like so many different like uh, physical, um, Things you could wear to help you like learn but that's gonna be that's ear notes <laughs> right now we have ear glove and that's like for the woodwinds the saxophones the flutes the trumpets and yeah they were gonna develop more from there what does the I mean obviously you're leading this charge and there's other 
wearable devices, but what does the future look like when it comes to wearable devices? Oh my God. <laughs> I, so I'm a big, if anything, I, I think the rest of my life is gonna be into like developing wearable technologies. And right now, say, um, I'll talk about now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm disappointed in a way with like, with how lots of companies have approached like wearable devices. I'm from Nigeria. There's something else like, <laughs> we all know about like countries in Africa. There's like malaria mosquitoes and things like that. I'll just give you a quick example of what wearable technology can do. So, when you have malaria, for example, you have certain like body temperature, which is a lot higher than the average. You have um, probably like a lower heart rate or a higher heart rate. I'm not really sure exactly what it is, but there are different like things your body gives off. Uh, a pulse that's different from, and it's like tied down to a particular like, let's say virus or infection or disease. So malaria could be like, let's say a certain like body temperature and, and that's it's like, that's for malaria. Another like disease might have its own and that's for that disease, let's say cholera like, or typhoid or just different diseases. Now, today you have like smartwatches and these devices could read like so much information from your body, like your heart rate, your pulse, your body temperature, and they could like, they have like location, like, so they, like um, GPS and so they could tell where your location is and things like that. Now, today you look at all these devices and what do they have? They have a screen. I think the, the major problem I have with like wherever technology is that there's a screen on it. I think it's so distracting. <laughs> I think I'm going off topic already, but- No, it's fine. The thing about having like, the, the thing about technology is that you have like your phone and your phone is outside you. So each time like, if once you're consuming information, information comes from outside you. So you look outside, so you look at your phone, you look at the television, you hear a song, those are things that come outside you. So your approach is to like go outside yourself. When something is on you, so a wristwatch, a band, you, you don't look to yourself. It's, a, it's just the way human beings are programmed. Like we, you don't want another screen on your wrist to like watch a movie on. Like exactly. It's what wearable technology is supposed to do is take information from you and like notify you. So a vibration and get information from your body or find a way to like give you information that you'll be able to process if it's on you. So somebody calls you, yeah, my, that's easy. Like your phone vibrates or you have an alarm like wristband, like it vibrates. Now I'm going back to like what it could do for like things like healthcare, like back to malaria. Now this devices can like read all this information. What if I said, okay, there's this virus that's spread in let's say malaria. And I'm like, okay, I could read the whole, I could just see it because now I could, if a hundred thousand people have like a smartwatch that could read all of this, I could see how that virus is spreading. Even that's just how it's spread and I could even stop it before it grows. So like as a human being, like once you get infected, you don't just fall sick immediately. It's a gradual process. Now I could see the trend of your body adjusting to this, like because of you're infected with that virus. So let's say your heart rate starts to slow down or, or your body temperature starts to slow down. I could create an app that reads that. So let's say healthcare, just imagine healthcare like, oh, 
looks like you're gonna have this like you're gonna fall sick in the next few days because your body's already given that and you could start treating it before you even like break down so wearable technology is gonna like it's gonna change the world it's gonna be i think that that's the future of technology that people may not even understand today is that it's gonna change the way we live healthcare is gonna be interesting even the way we do research today, like today you want to do research, you get like 100 people or like let's say max like 500 people and you make an like you base all your theory and your thesis on those like on that small population set when they like millions of people in the world. But now wearable technology, you could be in a lab or in your room and you could see real life data of millions of people in that one second. I think it's gonna like change the way we research, the way we do things, but then we need to get off the screen. Like, I think the screens, yes. I mean, I, I think the screen, what, what like, because a lot of companies like Samsung and Apple, I mean, I think they're trying to create like a phone on your wrist and they're missing the whole point. I think that's the wrong way to approach it. I think focus on what that thing could do. like. You've made the iPhone. Let the iPhone be the iPhone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they just want to. Now you can wear wear the iPhone. Mm -hmm. You mentioned going back to when you were trying to read the the notes on the, on the sheet music, and it was a whole new language to you. Um, your method in itself, at least to me, and, and I play a couple of instruments, but still, it seems like a whole new language, and especially to someone who never played an instrument, but they want to. So would you consider yourself a language teacher if you really think about it, or why don't you see your product and your device as a whole new language? I think it's gonna be a whole new language. It's gonna, I don't, I don't want it to replace like, she means, I don't think it, it can replace it because I think that's like classic and it's important. Like I am like, I, I love like that classic view of like the score sheet, like editor in the sheet music. But I think it's going to be a new language in its own in the way of learning. So instead of like just learning from like the, like the sheet music, now you're going to be able to like learn without it or with it. So if you wanted to like literally understand and be a pro in understanding what each note meant and the score editor, now you'd be able to do that by associating each. So just like, so for, for example, the glove, the, the program we're designing is, okay, the first sequence that you're gonna have is, okay, we're gonna show you a note, then this is for people who can see, mm -hmm. it's gonna make it a lot better. You should like, let's say you see like the, I know they have like every good boy does fine, mm -hmm. and like F-A-C-E face. Yeah. So they're gonna take each note and we're gonna associate each, like so you're gonna see that note, just that one note, and it's gonna vibrate that sequence. So it's just to sync you into like the program of like understanding this new language. And then they're gonna show you another note and you're gonna feel the vibration. So eventually you, you feel that vibration and it's like, okay, what note was that? So it's like first we're quizzing you and you're like learning. And eventually I think the, the where people like get lost is when you start, we start to mix things up. So we, now we start to mix things up. So you feel this vibration and that vibration and you're like, oh, this note and that note. And eventually we, we could see how you're like picking up. And, and the thing is everybody's different. Like how you respond to like stimulus might be different from how like another person, it might take like for me, exact for example, for me, like I'm slower than a normal person. So it might take me longer. Well, it might take someone like just 
a second like when you get that mm -hmm. so it's designed in a way where it learns with you so it like literally adjusts to like make sure you're picking up in the right pace so i think it's a it's going to be a, a whole new language that ties everything together so if you want to learn sheet music it's perfect if you want to like just learn without it like mm -hmm. select a song and just play it so as you said even if you can be a pretty good player but with the addition to the air glove it'll take you to a whole nother level level and if i heard you correctly it even helps you with the dynamics of a song um the incidentals if it's an accent if it's a, a staccato i mean the the vibrations are different for all those types of incidentals in the music as well correct wow that's that's amazing to me um you mentioned not replacing the, the classic way of, of playing or, or reading music. This might be another tough one. Which classical composers would you like to meet? If you had your chance to meet any classical composers, um, who would they be, he or, or, or plural, and what questions would you have for them? Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I, I would just want him to try the glove on and like write a lot of music like th that we probably haven't even like got yet from him. I, 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 I think just getting to this, he's been like the one person I want to connect with. Like once I have this so good, I think it's going to be like perfect to like work with him and like even learn from him because I think he's going to have a lot of like things I'm not, I may not be considering right now, being like a great artist on his own. So I think if I could like meet him, that'd be like awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the good, and once again, my listenership's not that great at this point, but that's the good thing. You, you never know who it might get to, who might know Stevie, and once he hears uh, of you and the great things that you're doing, it, it, it could happen, right? So anything's possible out there. Um, any, just to go a little bit more classical, any people like Mozart or Beethoven or any of those types of guys that you would so wanna? I, I, I'm gonna like throw us like back. Remember, I'm a technical person who fell in love with like music. So I, I'm, I wouldn't say I know like a lot of artists, but um, I've been able to connect with like Stephen Wonder because I know it's gonna like, I. His personal experience is something I can vibe with, but I don't know a lot of songs. Yeah. <laughs> I think eventually I'm gonna like start exploring more songs. But yeah, right now, uh, my, I'll say music knowledge is like limited because huh? I'm a technical person. Exactly, <laughs> it's all good. Which, and you talked a little bit about your investors and the one that really wanted to be a part of it and you kind of let him go his, his way. Currently, you do have some investors. So right now, we're 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 working on just developing the prototype. I think an investor is going to distract us like from our goal. I think eventually we'll probably like need one. But the way things are structured today, I feel like I'm going to do everything I can, and once I've exhausted every um, resources I I have, then I, I'll reach out because we have things like Kickstarter, mm -hmm. which are like good tools to. Um, do things without even like getting an investor for me it's like 
if you're an investor, like it's not really about the money. It's about like the value you contribute personally to what I'm like building. So for example, if Stevie Wonder like wanted to be a part of your notes, I think that would be like a great like someone to have on the team with. Um, rather than just an individual who's like probably smart and like could help me with a lot of things but doesn't really have the heart for it so I think that's one major like um, then uh, some of the things I'm considering now with like ear notes so yeah right now we're gonna just do all we can I love that um, you're the second kind of if I can call you a millennial you're, you're, you're the second one that I've spoken to that said exactly what you said. It's as far as investors, it's not about the money. It's about the value that they can add to Correct. the company. So I love that you guys think that way, uh, because for most baby boomers, it's pretty much about the money. Uh, how do you? So without the investors, how do you balance being a college student and running a, a startup? Wow, it's <laughs> it's hard. I'm gonna say it's so hard. You just have to. You just have to find that balance. Like, I mean, now, like, for at least for the past few months, it's been the like summer, so I had to like literally like uh, put my classes on hold and now start later in the fall. But it's it's challenging trying to balance school and work. But then eventually, I think for me personally, is I don't want to literally like my my goal like getting into college was that I was gonna graduate like with my with a startup. I didn't know exactly what the start was. I had a lot of ideas that I wanted to like work on, but I didn't want to get done with school and then start applying for jobs. I wanted to build a company in school, and when I was done, like just working it fully. So I knew that before like getting in. So for me, it's like okay, yeah, I'm. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough. I'm gonna like try and balance like school and like the startup. But eventually, when I'm once I'm done, like I graduated a company, I think that's like well, that was like the most interesting like mindset I had, and then so I'm like, okay, yes, the sleepless nights. I mean, I there's gonna be without one time where you're gonna have to do a trade off like grades or like, but if I'll say grades, it goes back to what you want. Like if you're really passionate about understanding and getting the value of like college, then yes, like. Make sure you learn, but grades A, B, it's just a letter. The question is, what can you do with what you learn? So for me, it's like, okay, I've gone to this class and I've learned this. How can I apply it? And I think I love about computer sciences, which every, with every class I take, it's like, I could just do a lot more now. It's like, with just if one day of class is enough to be like, okay, now I have this new tool that I could like build something with. And it's like, the tools are in your head. It's it's just so interesting. So like, but uh, I think, yeah, balancing school and like having a startup, it's quite challenging, especially if you really want to be serious about it. But then it's going to be worth every like sleepless night, every <laughs> every effort you put into it, because now there's so much you're going to like learn personally, like how to start a company, how to being responsible because now having a company on your own means you might be responsible to pay someone else's like salary and you have to be like you have to develop <laughs> you have to be on your have your game like have every like at least everything good personally and it's just gonna build you up as a person so i'm not gonna say i have everything figured out i don't think that's what i'm saying but i think i'll 
my it's all about a journey like getting there eventually mm-hmm. yeah i think as you said the grades it might matter if you want to go to grad school following your undergrad but you already had that goal to have your company and to start it while you were in school did did you write down that goal was that do you write down your goals or you oh or? yeah i i have like a list and the funny thing is i have a list of lots of like projects i want to work on and i think going into like transferring to like college was like okay i'm gonna try out a lot of like ideas i have and i'll say from what i know they're all good but i'm like okay what which one do i want to start first and just like will, will get me to like get this experience and then if that doesn't work out or like for example exchange though it was like a software that was supposed to help you trade money internationally that didn't do so well because i don't think i'm at that level yet where i could start to like I, i'm gonna say hey i'm gonna handle your finances and help you just there's just so much like to put into it. it's a very like difficult like market to get into so i was like okay Air notes, it's more of like a technical, it's something I love already. I could do without like getting to like, not messing around like with like legals because for exchange, that's the, once you're dealing with money, like there are laws that get in, mm-hmm. it becomes like really messy. Mm-hmm. But this is something like like technical. So I said, okay, this is something I, work, I could work on now. But yeah. Good. Let's give a, and I, I think I know about LA Trade Tech because I've known, um, Actually, my wife took a few classes there before she was my wife. Oh, cool. And so let's talk a, a little bit about LA Trade Tech because I think that it doesn't get the, the pub that maybe it should. So how, how did you find LA Trade Tech? And, and it sounds like it worked out for you. So can you talk about your experience there? Oh, I'll say that's like a great like coming to college, by the way. It's, first of all, it's a lot, it's so affordable, <laughs> especially now like especially people trying to get like a degree once you do your two years and you get like your your general education done it's like cheap and then you could probably take your major classes in the uc if you want to like go all the way but trade tech was a great school i'll say the people i was exposed to were like awesome people uh when i was there i I worked with like the vp like leticia and she was like awesome and I, i i the professors there were like amazing. I remember like all the professors I had were like I, I would say passionate about what they were doing. I remember some of my calculus professors like light and he gave us a lot of like work to do like but then eventually like we got it done and he didn't just like teach us like oh like like a regular person. He kind of like he would tell us like a background story. <laughs> he was a very interesting character. Like he would tell us about like the story of how this guy like got into the equation and like he would then give us the equation and we I remember everybody in class is just be like oh my god there he goes again but he was so detailed and you no know, trade like and that was like for a lot of professors there at trade tech so i think trade tech is a great school that people don't really know about like i i, I really love my experience there how i got into trade tech was a funny story i was supposed to actually go to like texas i got into this community college before coming to the u.s uh, in texas and then i my brother was gonna like my brother was in texas so it was supposed to be like okay i'm gonna have somebody in texas that i know but then he was moving to usc for his masters so i couldn't like i didn't know anyone there and i'm like am i gonna be i can't be on my own <laughs> right there so what i did was i said so we decided to like look for different colleges around and 
it happens that USC and Trade Tech are super close to each other. So it's like, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> so that was how I got into um, Trade Tech. But no, I love, and especially the International Student Center, like, they were like amazing. I think they literally like, there's, I haven't like met a more home feeling like center where you, you don't like, I mean, you miss home obviously, especially entering food. <laughs> But then they did a great job with like the international students there. I remember, I, I know I still have um, that friendship and that bond with like that amazing group of people. So there, I remember like Tiffany, Jessica, Esmeralda, they were just awesome people where you felt at home like when you went there. And to today we still talk like that's how, that's even though awesome. I'm like done with school, it's that. We're family. It's yeah. like, that's awesome. So yeah. great, great for trade tech. Um, Nigerian food, since you mentioned it. Is there a great Nigerian restaurant in the greater LA, Orange County area? So there's, there's Veronica's Kitchen that like, uh, yeah, a lot of Nigerians go to, or you order from. <laughs> if you're, I remember like a few weeks ago, my brother, he was trying to like get me to help him with something. And I was like, well, I don't know, you have to make it out to me one way. And he was like, yeah, I'm coming down. He like <laughs> brought lots of like Nigerian food from Veronica's. I was like, how did you know? <laughs> and yeah. Veronica's is where? Uh, where it's where somewhere it? in LA. I, I, I can't remember. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll look it up and we'll make sure. But what would be the recommended dish to, to order? Okay, pounded yam and egusi or edikaikon. Like, Jeez, that's the best. Thing. Really? Yeah, you need to oh, you need to try pan and yam. Like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. We'll we'll do. We're we're a foodie family. All right, we're approaching the hour and fifteen, so let's get through this. A couple of more things. Actually, first before um we or before I forget, I want to give you a book, and you mentioned that sometimes it takes you a little time to decipher books and so maybe this is the wrong gift for you but i'm going to give it to you anyway and it's how to make big money in your small business by jeffrey fox oh thank so you so much maybe without the investors so far you can learn a few pointers in there so thank you for being on vent with trent the gent um we also every episode we do a fill in the blanks which you might have heard that if you listen to some of the other ones so i'm going to read a couple of words and then you're just going to fill in the blank okay, okay? So don't stop blank. Innovating. Don't stop innovating. What if you feel that you're not an innovator? How, how, how can you make people feel like you can do this, you can innovate? Because most people would say, once again, it's easy for him to say. Uh, well, innovating, like that's if you think of it uh, in the technical sense, but innovating, like don't stop working on yourself. It's some people like just, stop and then they don't learn but just keep learning like keep mm -hmm. working yourself keep that there's no like deadline like there's no age of, like oh i know it all yeah you so that's have. interesting like innovating yourself it's not just like you said technology so i think a lot of times we tend to forget that that we can innovate ourselves as well so love that you can blank you can do it all you can do it all and you're living proof of that, of <laughs> uh, college and a startup um, simultaneously. So that's awesome. And conversations are blank. Enlightening. Enlightening. Let's, I'll come back to enlightening. Uh, let's end with this final question. How would, in, in your opinion, how would life be without music? 
Can you relate to that question? I, I relate to that a lot. <laughs> I think one, one of the things I, I actually talk about when I pitch my idea is that there's a part, there's something music does. I think life will feel empty without music. I think music is that thing you go to when you're happy. It's that thing you go to when you're sad. It's your soul. It's like, I mean, you, you have different like organs you hear with your ear and your eye and everything, but like the heart, like your soul, like that's what it understands. And I think music is what gets your soul. So a life without music is, wow. It's like not feeding, <laughs> not eating, like, so nothing for your soul to feed on. And Good. yeah, I think that's just sad. <laughs> hey, I, I get it. So Ola, as I said, I want to thank you for being a, a guest on Vent with Trent the Gent. Um, you mentioned enlightening conversations, and this was definitely an enlightening conversation. I would continue if, if I could, but I do want to respect your time and the listener's time as well. And so I just want to thank you for the bottom of my heart for sharing your, your soul today. Uh, thank you so much. I think even just interacting with you, I've learned a lot. Like that from you and thank you so much for the book and thank you like everyone i think his show is the like the best thing i've heard like <laughs> I, 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 at first like i get your email and i'm like oh i, I remember this guy and i like i listen to the podcast and i'm like wow this is great like, oh my goodness yeah Good. before i forget too we, they have to be able to reach you um so um with air notes air glove so what social pl platforms gonna reach you if there's an email how would you like the listeners to reach you how would you like stevie wonder to reach you okay steve <laughs> <laughs> um facebook is a good way to reach me uh the name is ola o-l-u-w-a and the last name is a-d-e-s-a-n-y-a -E -A -A. so it's olalua desanya and then we have a facebook page that we're currently like uh building up it's called air notes and Hopefully there's no other internet out there. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, is there a, a video online or on Facebook that they can actually see? Uh, the, we're the we're working on that. So that's okay. going to be online soon. So probably like in a few weeks. Uh, good. <laughs> and that way it. they can actually see what we've tried to paint that picture for them today. Correct. So thank, any, any other platforms? Um, I don't mean to cut yeah, you Yeah, I can leave my email like on air. Like if you feel like you could add value, the email is ola, O-L-U, 961 at gmail.com. And you could just put trend <laughs> and I would know how you got to me. And yeah, that's Makes the sense. All right, Venters, you guys heard it. Um, Ola's out there working hard for us with his wearable device and um, great things for the future. So go out there and, and help him um, be a great success. So thanks a lot once again, Ola. Thank you so much. Venters, as mentioned in the episode, Ola and I need your help reaching Stevie Wonder. If any of you are connected to Stevie, please reach out to me by email at ventwithtrentthegent at gmail.com. Lastly, if you found value in this episode or any episode, please give me a review on iTunes. I thank you in advance. Until next time.